Thank you. Great to be together again this morning. There we are. Really exciting to hear about Christmas events, isn't it? And opportunities to invite people. If you're a visitor this morning, you're very welcome. My name's Steve. I'm going to speak to you from the Bible this morning. And we're continuing our series called Let There Be Light, looking ahead to, uh, to Christmas and our Christmas events, but really building this theme. And I think it's a great theme, isn't it? It's so... Um, kind of feels like such an upbuilding theme. I know at our city group this week, Emmanuel was sharing a number of uh, verses from the Bible that speak about light and how God brings light. And it kind of, the Bible uses this picture. And I think it's a picture that we can all get a hold of. And uh, just in our city group, it was great just uh, looking at these verses and talking about our experience of them. And, uh, and let me just take this opportunity. If you're not part of a city group, we're a church that has uh, small groups to meet in the week. And it's just a fantastic opportunity to talk about the Bible, the Word, life, and how we're doing, and really kind of apply it to one another. I really was blessed by uh, Roxana last week was speaking from the passage in First John one, which talks about as we are in the as we are in the light. As, um, what does it say? Sorry. Um, it, it talks about that we have fellowship with one another. As he is in the light, and we walk in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And it speaks about the fact that as we relate to God, we also relate to one another. And our city groups are a fantastic opportunity to do that. And, uh, and, and so it's a great theme, I think, let there be light. Um, my daughter is called uh, Lucy, and uh, we were so blessed, actually, when we were uh, pregnant with Lucy, that we felt like God... Um, kind of gave us that name for her, and, it's a, and that was just a blessing in itself, that kind of all the time when you're talking about this baby who hasn't been born yet, you're calling uh, her by her name. But the name Lucy speaks, means light, and uh, if, you, if you know Lucy, then, uh, well, I mean, she's seven years old, so she has her moments, but she's the kind of, kind of girl that brings light and brings joy, and it's such a, a brilliant theme. It's like, you know, a sunny day or in the summer when the light is shining, somehow it just kind of builds us up doesn't it? And you kind of feel like, oh, it's a good day. I always think of that, that song about um, uh, walking on sunshine, you know, which is a, a, a complete cheese fest, I know, you know, it is sort of cheesier than a bit of Stilton. But it's kind of like just thing on a summer's day, and if you listen to that, it's just like, you, you know, you kind of want to start dancing, don't you? And you're feeling good, and it's, it's, it's great. So Let There Be Light is a, a great theme. Anyway, we've got a short video to look at, and then we'll look at the Bible.
awesome. In our video just shows, again, the contrast between light and dark, and it reminds us just of the difference that it makes when God says, let there be light, when he says it into creation, when he says it into people's lives. It's awesome. One, two, my title for our, our talk this morning is Ignited, and uh, we're going to look at a passage in the Bible, which is from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 4 to 6. I, I was really uh, blessed to see Karis's shiny Bible this morning. Uh, now, is it new? It's new. It was great because it's hard to keep up, isn't it? I'm never actually sure, you know, when I get on the stage, am I allowed to have a Bible or should I have an iPad? You know, should I have a lectern or not a lectern? You know, should I have a beard or not a beard? You know, it's hard to keep up with. uh, Actually, I I can't grow a beard. Um, I have this this condition, actually, which is called um, not wanting to look like a geography teacher. So uh, that's... uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, like the idea of not shaving appeals, but generally the sort of lack of facial deformity or insecurity or (laughs) desire to be fashionable kind of keeps it at bay. So, you know, I I could, you know, I could do it, but then I'd have to kind of go to those sort of cafes where you pay £6.50 for a bowl of cornflakes. I'm just not willing to go there. (laughs) Anyway, that was a slight diversion. We're going to look at the... (laughs) We're going to look at the Bible and we're going to look at what it says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're focusing on verse 4 and verse 6, but we'll read verse 5 as well for the sake of completeness. It says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for this series, this theme, this tremendously visual picture that you give us in your word that just helps us to grasp the difference it makes when we know you, when you shine your light, Lord, and when we say, you know, let your light shine, we, we recognize it's your initiative that brings that light to our lives. And so this morning, Lord, we pray and we ask you to shine your light in our lives. We ask you to bring revelation. We pray that faith and conviction and life would rise up in us as individuals and together as a group of people here this morning. Lord, we, we recognize, Lord God, that unless you speak, unless you move, Lord God, then we're just a group of people sitting in a room. But Lord, when you move, when you speak, that potential, that power, those principles come alive, Lord God. And so that's our prayer this morning. Would you bring them and bring us to life this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me ask you a question. How do you decide whether somebody would make a good Christian? How do you, you know, can you look at people and think, oh, you know, they're, they're ready to believe. Let me uh, put some pictures up on the, the screen here of some people. Have a look at these people. Some, you know, nice shiny faces, lots of white teeth, very good. But can you look at people and think, you know what, 
I think they'd be a brilliant Christian. You know, I know you probably know that maybe we shouldn't do that, or that's not right, but I don't know about you, but I can definitely do that. Sometimes you look at someone and you think, oh, they're so good. They, they behave so well, don't they? They would make a brilliant Christian. Whereas other people, you kind of think, you know, maybe they've got some kind of issues and uh, some alternative ways of dressing and things like that. And you kind of think, oh, they're a, a long way uh, from the kingdom, aren't they? You know, how do you decide if somebody is able to believe or not? I, uh, I was kind of thinking about this uh, this week, and I had a, a revelation. And uh, when I tell you it, you might think, mm, that's not much of a revelation, is it actually, Steve? But, you know, it was a, a kind of revelation to me. And it was this, that blind people are not the same as people who can see with their eyes shut. Blind people are not the same as people who can see with their eyes shut. You could apply this to other areas as well. I would say that deaf people are not the same as people who go, la, 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 I can't hear you. And, and that, that's it. Like I said, it might not seem much of a revelation. But in this passage that we looked at, it, the Apostle Paul who wrote it talks about the fact that people don't believe in God not because they have alternative ways of dressing, not because they have of their upbringing or their kind of habits or their moral compass. People don't believe in God because the God of this age has blinded them. And sometimes when you're, uh, I don't know, sometimes when I'm talking to people, you kind of feel like, oh, why don't you just, you know, believe? Or why can't you see this? And it can feel like they're there with their eyes shut, going, oh, I can't see this, or oh, I'm not listening. But they're not just seeing people with their eyes shut. They're blinded by the God of this age. But the encouraging thing is, as we read in this passage, that in the midst of this blindness and this darkness, God says, let there be light. It's like God can switch on the light for people just as at the start of the world, just as at creation where the earth was formless and void and dark. And God said, let there be light. That even where there are people who don't know God and it feels like they are blind, God can say, let there be light. And not just that God can say it, but that God needs to say it. You know, I've spoken to lots of people who've had the privilege of sharing uh, the message of the Christian faith with a number of people and, uh, and some of whom have put their trust in Jesus, which is always awesome, always incredible, and others haven't. And one of the things that I've learned is there is no formula to follow. You know, I have spoken to people, I've had such frustrating conversations with people who know everything. They know what you're talking about. They've heard it a million times before. They could probably preach a better sermon than you could. And yet, they, for whatever reason, they just can't cross the line and put their trust in Jesus. I've spoken to other people who know nothing, particularly maybe people who've come from other countries and other cultures, and they know nothing about the Christian message. And you share it with them. And after <laughs> 20 minutes, it's just like a light has gone on in them, and they're ready to believe. You know, I've spoken to people who've got Christian backgrounds and who have spoken to people who've got no backgrounds. And the thing that I've learned is there is no formula. There is nothing that I can do that I can think, yes, I've got a recipe for success here. Every time I do this, someone's going to believe. Because you know what? It's not down to me. It's down to God 
shining his light into people's hearts. But when God does that, it's incredible. Have you ever been to the cinema during the day? I kind of remember this. Obviously, I've got two small children now, so I don't go to the cinema anymore, you know, because I haven't got the time or the money. But... Back when I was a young person and you'd go to the cinema, sometimes you'd go to a, like a matinee and you'd go uh, to the cinema and then you'd come out and it would be like this blinding light. Has anyone experienced that? You know, sometimes if you spend enough time in this building, you might experience that and you step out the front door. But you kind of go out and it's just like, oh, the contrast is so great. Well, when God shines his light into people's lives, that is the contrast. It's like switching a light on in people. So let's have a look some more at what this passage says. I wonder whether we can kind of bring up the slide that puts these two passages side by side. So we talked about some of the challenge about uh, blindness, but in the midst of that, God can shine his light. Let's look some more at what the passage says in verse 4 and verse 6, if we can get that slide up, just to really help us to understand what is the light. What is the light that we're talking about? Here we go. So verse 4 of uh, 2 Corinthians 4 talks about the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And then in verse 6, it talks about the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And we put them side by that side there so you can see they kind of they, they kind of run in parallel. And sometimes you get this in the Bible. It happens a lot in the Psalms that it'll say something and then it'll say something slightly different, but it's using a technique called parallelism and it helps you to understand it's saying the same thing in a different way. And here in verse four and verse six, kind of saying the same thing, but in a different way. And it helps us to understand what we're talking about when we're talking about the light. And so the first um, similarity there is in uh, gospel and knowledge. So we're talking about the light of the gospel or the light of the knowledge. And when we talk about the gospel, it's a Bible word to mean the good news about the message of the Christian faith. And the Christian faith. And highlighting it there with the word knowledge emphasizes this message is all about knowing God. The gospel is about knowing God. And, uh, and when we hear the gospel, when we hear the message, it is a message about knowing God is possible. And it's like a, a kind of revelation. Again, kind of revelation could be a bit of a, a Bible word, but it means, you know, there is obviously a, a book, the book of Revelation at the end of the, the New Testament, and it's a great picture. And the, the word that's translated as revelation literally means drawing back the curtain. And shining the light is a bit like drawing the curtain, because when you draw back the curtain, you see something, don't you? And what you see is what is already there and what's always been there. And when God shines his light, the light doesn't make things appear. It shows you what is already there. When God shines its light into our hearts and into our lives, it helps us to know that it is possible to know God. It is possible to know God. And you know what? When I was uh, not a Christian, um, I was a kind of went to university, and I knew about God, and I believed that he existed, and, uh, and that was fine. God existed. I existed. Brilliant, you know. Um, but I didn't, I didn't know God. I didn't have a relationship with him, and I didn't really understand anything that, that God existing and me existing, that there was any kind of connection between the two, that it somehow it wasn't relevant, and then when I was uh, 18 or 19, I, I guess, I 
uh, was sat in a, a church meeting and God shone his light into my heart. And I kind of had a conviction that not just that God was real, but that actually that I needed to put my trust in him, that he was true, that his Bible was true, and that I needed to respond to him there and then. It was different from knowing about God or believing that he existed, but it was like the lights were turned on and suddenly I knew that I had to do something about it. That is the gospel. It's about knowing God. Another word there that we see in parallel is the word glory. And glory can kind of be one of those words, it can sound a bit kind of religious or that you hear in church, glory, you know, or something like that. It's kind of one of those things. People say, give God the glory. But glory really is a, a great word that sums God up. If you were to distill God, his character, his attributes, what he was like, into one word, it would be the word glory. If you were going to make a perfume of God, it would be called glory. Glory sums up everything about God, who he is, what he does, what he has done. So when we say give God glory, what we say is, you know, honor God for who he is. Tell of what God has done in your life. It is the essence of God. It is God's godness. It's what makes him God. So we're talking about knowing God in all his fullness, knowing who he is and what he has done and what he is like. And then the third thing there is this sense of Jesus being the image of God, of God being displayed in the face of Christ. The writer of Hebrews talks about this as well. And it says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory. So you've got God and his godness, and Jesus is the expression of that, the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So what this verse says is it is possible to know God through Jesus. We can know God through Jesus. When God shines his light into our lives, it helps us to know him through Jesus. The only way we can know God is when He shines his light to help us to see this. So what difference does that make in our lives? Well, I was really um, blessed by the the, um, description that Roxana gave when she was speaking last week. And she talked about, I think it was uh, kind of uh, something Pastor Clive had said to her about the fact that uh, walking in the light is about living in the revelation that you have at that point in time. And I thought that was a, a kind of really helpful uh, description. And it kind of relates to this idea of glory being about, about God and, you know, who he is and what he's done. And uh, so, you know, the, the kind of uh, responding to that revelation. So what do we do with this truth kind of, I think, depends on where we are in our, uh, in our relationship with God or our understanding with God. So I can kind of illustrate this by thinking, okay, if you're sat here this morning and you don't know God, you don't know anything about glory, you've kind of not experienced that kind of God shining his light into our lives. And maybe you kind of look around and you, you look at Christians. Uh, you know, it's a kind of great thing, actually, if you, if you 
uh, don't know God and you want to know what God is like, then it's a great thing to get alongside people who know him and trust him. And you can kind of see something of him in them. And you can see people living out their faith with credibility and the difference that it makes to their lives. But if you say and you kind of look at Christians and you think, I, I'm not like those people. I couldn't be like those people. I can't, I, you know, I, I don't behave in those ways. I don't talk like that. That, that. What I see in them is so far removed from what I see in us. Do you know what? Those people are like that, not because they suddenly, you know, had a great upbringing or because they learned all these ways to behave. It's because God shone his light into their hearts. You know, at times I've talked to people of, uh, of other faiths and they say, you know, and, and some of them will say, well, I, you know, I read this religious book and I read this religious book and I read this one and I decided this was the one for me. And they kind of can't understand why I've not, you know, read all these different kind of religious books. But I didn't go looking for God, but I felt, felt like God came and he shone his light into my heart. That's the reason that I have a relationship with God, not because I was aware of some deep hole and I had to kind of look at all these world religions, because God shone his light into my heart. And if you're here this morning and you don't know God, and you look around and you think, well, I couldn't be like them. Well, yes, you can, because it's not about you behaving in a certain way. It's about letting God shine his light into your heart. Or maybe you've kind of got a bit more uh, sort of revelation than that. Maybe you're here this morning and you think, well, I'm sort of, I believe and I know that I've prayed the prayer and I know that Jesus is my saviour, but I feel like my life is a mess. You know, I feel like I'm kind of early doors and I, I don't know how I'm going to, you know, become like these other people around me. I remember when I became a Christian and you'd hear people uh, talking, particularly people preaching from the stage and thinking, ah, oh, you know, and they say, oh, as it says in John 8, 34, this, and it says in 1 Corinthians this. And I remember sitting there and thinking, how do they know all of this? How do they remember all of these things? Like, just be able to quote things and stuff like that. And now I realize I'm probably that person who, you know, makes other people feel like that. Actually, it's probably quite a reflection of, you know, how technology's changed, because quite a few years ago, um, it would not be uncommon at the start of the meeting for whoever was leading the meeting to come to me and say, hey, Steve, where does it say this in the Bible? And then kind of go and use it. But now, with like smartphones and everyone's got the Bible on their phone, they just look it up and I don't have to do that anymore, which is good because 50% of the time, I kind of made it up. So uh, <laughs> probably in Romans, most things are in Romans. Um, but, but maybe you're kind of here this morning and you're kind of, Early, it feels like early on in your relationship with God. It's like, oh, how do I get to that point? You know what? It's about God shining his light into our hearts. We live in the revelation that we have in what we know of God, and we say, Lord, would you help me to grow? It's not about us, um, just about us trying harder, but it's about letting God shine his light into our hearts. Or maybe you've been a Christian some time and you kind of recognize, uh, like, things are going okay, but there's definite areas of my life where, you know, things are, aren't right or I still want to see some growth. You know, one of the reasons why light is a great picture of what God does in our lives is because light makes things grow. I'm sure I'm not the only one who, at school, what seemed like every year for like forever when I was at school, in chemistry, we'd have to do the starch test where you had to get like a leaf or a plant and look at, um, is it chlorophyll and things like that. And, it, you know, talk about plants and how they need light to 
to grow. Light makes things grow. And so if you're sitting here and you kind of think, oh, there's still areas where I want to grow, we're talking about God who makes light shine in the darkness. And we pray, Lord, shine your light in my heart and in my life. You know, we live in, in kind of the, the revelation that we have now when we pray for more and we say, Lord, would you help me shine that light of your glory in my life? Or maybe you're, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm doing all right in myself, but I really want to kind of help people and to step out more in leadership and in ministry. Do you know what we need? We need God to shine his light. And uh, when I was thinking about this, I thought of the picture of, you know, this sort of cliched uh, American televangelist who, you know, is sort of shouting and bawling, and you see them praying for people, and sort of, you know, with one hand, sort of lays his hand on people's heads, and then, you know, the foot goes out behind their foot, and it's like, down on the ground, glory, kind of thing. And, and it kind of, it's a, you know, a ridiculous cliche, but actually sometimes in leadership, there can be a temptation to try too hard, and to really sort of, oh, I've got to push, and I've got to do this, and, you know, uh, it's about God shining his light into people's lives. It's about God shining his light, taking the initiative, revealing who he is, what he's done, what he wants to do. Or maybe it's about praying for others and you kind of see others who you think, oh, I just wish they would believe and trust in God. I just wish they would know God. If only they knew what I knew, then their life would be in a better place, for example. And do you know what we need to do? We need to pray, Lord, shine your light. Because coming back to where we started, these aren't just seeing people with their eyes shut. You know, Paul says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So we need to pray, God, shine your light. So to really summarize and to wrap up the message this morning, it's a very simple message that we can know God more and more. We can know God in his glory. We can know who he is and what he's like. We can know that he is powerful. We can know about his authority. We can know that he's gracious and merciful. We can know that he is a God of love. We can know that he is passionate for his people and zealous. And he says, a zeal. In my zeal, I will accomplish this. We can know that God is patient with us. We know that God sees the possibilities, that God bears with us in patience. We can know God in his glory more and more through Jesus. When God shines his light into our hearts. And when we're talking about God shining his light, it's not just a nice picture or a nice metaphor, although it is a helpful picture, isn't it? But God does something inside us, in our hearts, in our minds, so we can know him more and more. So I want to invite us to pray this morning. Uh, I'd like to ask us to stand. It just kind of helps to focus us, not too sleepy. And I want us to pray, God, shine your light. You know what, whatever stage of that kind of walk across the stage you feel like you're at, whether it's, you know, really at the start of knowing God or even before it, right through to trying to see others come to faith. I want to encourage us, I wonder whether we can just take a minute and actually all raise our voices and pray, Lord, shine your light. Shine your light in me. Shine your light in these others. Shine your light this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Lord, I want to thank you, God, that you took the initiative with me and that you shone your light into my heart, that you looked at the darkness in my life and you said, let there be light. And so this morning, Lord, I want to pray for people who are maybe here this morning and don't know you. I want to pray, let there be light. I want to pray that you would help them to see this knowledge, this see that people can know God in all his fullness, in all his glory through Jesus. Lord, I want to pray for people who are just at the start of their relationship with you. Lord, I want to pray that you would shine your light so they would see you and know you more and more and that they would step out more and more, that they would live in the light that you're shining now and they would be looking for you to shine ahead of them, to go on. Lord God, I want to pray for us here this morning. I want to pray for the dark places in our lives. Lord God, where there's old habits that are are kind of Um, hanging on or areas which we know have not been brought into the light and exposed to you and to the truth of your uh, gospel, Lord God. And I pray this morning, Lord God, would you shine your light into those areas in hidden thoughts, in hidden shames, hidden unforgiveness. Lord, would you shine your light where there are habits, where there are religious habits of old, Lord God, where there are cultural customs which don't accord with the gospel, would you shine your light and bring them into the light? Lord God, would you bring the truth of who you are, of your character, the truth of your word, the truth of your nature into our lives? Lord God, I want to pray as we seek to see people released into the fullness of the life that you have for them. Lord, would you shine your light? Would you bring that revelation? Would you draw back the curtains? Would you turn the lights on so people can see that I can do this? Lord God, would you shine your light to help people to, to have the confidence to move and to go in the name of Jesus? And Lord, we want to pray for those who don't yet know you, Lord God. We want to pray God, would you shine your light into their hearts so the enemy has blinded them. God, your light shines into dark places. Your light overcomes the darkness. Your light brings the revelation that people need to put their trust in you. Lord God, we pray, Lord God, whether it's in our interactions with people this week, in our inviting to the Let There Be Light services, Lord God, or, or the, those celebrations themselves, Lord God, we pray, let there be light. We would love to see it, Lord, that we have these uh, fantastic opportunities to celebrate Christ coming at Christmas and we could see, let there be light at work in people's lives and hearts. People lighting up, the lights going on for people, Lord God. We, we pray that for our, our Christmas events, Lord God. It's a great thing to honor you and all that you've done, Lord God. But there's so much more. There's so many more who need to know that and to understand it. And so we pray, Lord, let there be light in Jesus' name. Amen.